everyone, welcome. Thank you for hanging in there. So this is our year-end reflection service. We've been doing these for many years. And at some point in the last 10 or 20 years, I started doing these um, and started evolving it over time as a time to reflect together on all the top stories of the year. Um, for me, that connection of the stories that, that are happening in real life and our fictional stories, there's a real intersection there, I find, for story and how we understand our lives. Um, and there's a real opportunity at the end of the year uh, to then do this reflecting on all those stories that we've encountered over the course of the year past. Um, 2020 has been a most interesting year, a very dramatic year. Um, and I think that that gives us even more reason to pause and to reflect on those things that have happened to us, but also all the stories that we've, we've encountered. That includes the fictional stories. I find that fictional stories often lend a light to um, the, and, 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 are, and are read in the context of our real life stories. And so that's why I like combining this reflection time on those stories that we've encountered, that we've lived, and then the stories that we've read, saw on stage, saw in movies, um, read in novels. And then throughout this service, I try to make that intentional. Um, I, I pull out um, literary quotes from novels I've read over the course of the year uh, to provide some literary commentary on all those real life stories that we've encountered. The chalice lighting um, is also, a, in a sense, a literary quote. It comes from the tradi traditional English 19th century that Lorena McKennett set to music some time back. Um, but the words go like this, and this is how we'll light our chalice with these words. And so the world goes around and round, and every time and season, with pleasure and with profit, crowns the passage of the year. And that's from The Seasons uh, by Lorena McKennett that she's adapted from the traditional 19th century English. I'll now turn the microphone over to Corrine Jackson and she'll have a uh, reflective reading again to start off our service. All right, I have a poem to read, Lady of the Seasons Laughter. Am I echoing? No. Lady of the season's laughter, in the summer warmth be near, when the winter follows after, teach our spirits not to fear. Hold us in your steady mercy, lady of the turning year. Goddess of all times, progression, stand with us when we engage, hands and hearts to end oppression, writing history's fairer page. Hold us in your steady mercy, lady of the turning age. Thank you, Corrine. Another writer of English, Charles Dickens, in A Tale of Two Cities, says this, and I think this really summarizes this year pretty well. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. 
some more contemporary uh, writers, uh, Thomas Trofimuk among them, he's an Edmonton writer. He said in a tweet, goodbye, you strange, hard, cantankerous year. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. A little more seriously, Governor General Julie Payette, former astronaut and now Governor General, she had five words to describe 2020. Those five words are courage, challenging, creativity, resiliency, and gratitude. She goes on to say in her New Year's message, no one could imagine what 2020 would bring. However, she says, we cannot choose when hardship comes, but we can choose how we respond to it. Canadians have risen to this challenge, she says, in remarkable ways. The long months of the pandemic have forced us to look beyond ourselves to work hand in hand. And the mayor of Edmonton, Don Iveson, said this in his closing year message. 2020 has not been easy. It's been a year that saw tremendous hardship and loss, a polarizing year, and one that has tested our humanity and community bonds. All of us are having to deal with stresses and strains, whether emotional or economic or both. It's been a challenging year, no doubt, he says, but despite all the hardships we've had to deal with, I still see in Edmonton a city filled with kindness, courage, hope, and with a promising future. And so as we've done in previous years, we do some reflecting together on the year past. And I've divided this year the reflection into four parts. One is the story of 2020. Uh, I think the pandemic um, is something we all live with every day, have lived with for the last nine, 10 months. And so that is something that we want to reflect on all by itself, give some time to that story. Then we'll take a look at other top news stories. Then we'll look at the creative stories, the art stories that various ones of us have participated in and noted for the year. And then we'll spend some time on the top personal stories for the year. And so we start with um, the pandemic. If you could see slides, um, I would have a long list here of dates of the pandemic, the story of the year. Back on December 31st, 2019, um, the Wuhan Municipal Health Commission in China reported a cluster of cases of pneumonia. It took till March 11, 2020 for the World Health Organization to declare the virus to be the cause of a worldwide COVID-19 pandemic. On March 17 of this year, Alberta declared a state of public health emergency. And then over the next 10 days, lockdown one is implemented. It took a few months till May 14th and June 12 for stages one and two of Alberta's relaunch to be implemented in Alberta. And we had a summer where we were somewhat freer However, on August 1st, masks became mandatory in Edmonton and Calgary. And then we saw in fall of the year that the cases once again climbed in Edmonton, in Alberta, in Canada, and in many places across the globe. 
On December 8th, Alberta declared another state of public health emergency and lockdown two was implemented, planned to go to at least to January 12th. We'll see where that goes. And then on December 15th of this year, the first vaccines were administered in Alberta. I don't know how many of you uh, noted that uh, in the last month um, in our newsletter, um, I had put together a survey tool asking people to submit their top choices for the year. Some of you responded and I can share some of those with you now. Uh, but if others of you would like to uh, use the chat function and that way we can all kind of uh, dual function, both read the chat and listening to me. But here's some of the thoughts that various people that had submitted their ideas of their choices for the impact of the pandemic on our lives. And the question I asked was around uh, the impact on our lives, whether individually or collectively. And so these are the thoughts that were gathered. Um, the Canadian government evacuated citizens caught in Nepal during the first lockdown. Um, I think we all know Bonnie Sharpland was there and she was on that plane. Another person said that they miss singing in choirs and at church. Another person said that the pandemic and the impact on our lives, the loss of live music and theater shows and festivals. Another person remarked on the gain of high quality online streaming of live music. Another person commented about there being no in-person church and how much that was missed. Another person, no dinner parties. Someone else said inability to travel, two trips canceled, inability to go home to the US. Another person said it's, it was an opportunity to be bored and that prompted that person to learn new activities and create space in their life for creativity to flourish. It was an incredible opportunity, said another, for the world and each of us to decide what we want to put back into our lives if and when COVID-19 is over. Another remarked on the innovations in communications that we encountered this year because of the pandemic. Someone else had a personal note about a grandson recovering from COVID and being cut off from family. And another remarked about the worry about people not following health protocols. So that's just a snapshot of what some of you said about what the impact is of this pandemic on your life personally or our lives collectively. And feel free over the course of the chat and then of course in the breakout rooms after to carry on these conversations. So just reflecting on the pandemic and giving a literary lens to it. Uh, I've discovered a new novel this year by Aslan Hunter called The Certainties. And there's one gem in there that I use for this particular reflection. This is what I know from paintings and books and from being alive at a time when the world is turning inside out. The present gutted like a farmyard animal. Something must survive. That it is all right that the world will go on with purpose, that it may diminish, but it will not end. Now I'd like to ask Brandy uh, Muller to read a little meditation for us on the top pandemic stories that we've all experienced in 2020. Thanks, John. So this poetry reading is from Thomas H. Troger, of Faith, Source of Faith and Learning number 158. 
Praise the source of faith and learning that has sparked and stoked the mind with a passion for discerning how the world has been designed. Let the sense of wonder flowing from the wonders we survey keep our faith forever growing and renew our need to pray. Source of wisdom, we acknowledge that our science and our art and the breadth of human knowledge only partial truth in part. Far beyond our calculation lies a depth we cannot sound, where the purpose for creation and the pulse of life are found. Praise for minds to probe the heavens, praise for strength to breathe the air. Sorry, I have a fuzzy hat. Praise for all the beauty leavens, praise for silence, music, and prayer. Praise for justice and compassion and for strangers, neighbors, friends. Praise for hearts and lips to fashion. Praise for love that never ends. And so just a little pause as we uh, reflect, take a breath uh, on thinking about the pandemic of 2020 and how we're maybe coming out of it in 2021. But just a brief pause about all that has happened to us this year that we never could have anticipated uh, with a pandemic. There were other things happening in our world besides a pandemic. Um, and this is where some of the other top news stories of the year come in. So I'm just going to do a quick little uh, reminder of some of the things that happened. Back in January uh, a year ago, uh, Ukrainian International Airlines flight PS752 was uh, taken down shortly after takeoff from Tehran. 63 Canadians died in that. 30 of those people were from Edmonton. In February, you may remember, there was a blockade of railways in support of anti-pipeline protesters in BC, and that was happening across the country. In March, as we know, the World Health Organization declared a global pandemic. In April, Fort McMurray had its flood of the century, and 13,000 people were forced from their homes. In May, there was the death of George Floyd by, uh, by a Minneapolis police officer. In June, a huge hailstorm hit Calgary and area, causing $1.3 billion in damage. In July, this was happening in Ottawa, the We Charities scandal, which was involvement of the prime minister and family and some members of the federal cabinet. In August, Aaron O'Toole was elected leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. In September, we saw fires in California, Oregon, and Washington. In November, of course, the US election, Trump defeated and Biden-Harris win eventually. And in December, the first COVID-19 vaccines are approved and begin being distributed in many countries around the world. So some of those things uh, in, in the little poll I did of those of us in our congregation who responded to this, uh, reflected on some of those. Um, and these are the UCE choices for top sto news stories of the year. Um, there was the US election. Uh, one, per one person put it this way, the good, the bad, and the outrageously ugly. Another person put it this way, the unelection of Trump and the election of rational, decent, civil, progressive leaders in Biden and Harris. Someone else commented on how there were how the year saw leaders who stepped up to speak to us about COVID-19. 
Early in the year, we had Justin Trudeau speaking from his doorstep in Ottawa. We also, over the course of the year, saw Dina Hinshaw here in Alberta and Bonnie Henry in BC as just two medical officers of health who came to the fore. Another thing that happened this year from a UCE member, uh, University of Alberta researcher Michael Houghton won the Nobel Prize for discovery of hepatitis C virus. Someone else noted that this was a year of the radical conservative Kenny government. And there was lots more to that quote. I had to summarize it a bit. Um, someone else noted on the forest fires everywhere um, in Canada, in the US, and in the Amazon, in Portugal, and Australia. Someone else noted the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Associate Justice of the US Supreme Court. Another UCE member uh, talked about the death of Alex Trebek, host of Jeopardy. A drop in tourism threatens Africa's endangered species was the comment from another member. Positives of technology for learning, socializing and entertainment was another comment. Also, the inequalities of racism and poverty versus growth in private fortunes. Discrepancies in housing, healthcare, and educational opportunity was the comment from another member. So again, another snapshot of what UCE members thought of 2020. So now a brief uh, reflection time. Again, this one from a novel I actually reread this year. Madeline Tien's Do Not Say We Have Nothing. And there's this quote buried in that story, which I think is really uh, relevant to this year. The persistence of this desire to know the times in which we are alive, to keep the record that must be kept, and also to have faith that one day someone else will keep the record. And now to meditate on this some further, I'd like to ask again, Corrine Jackson to read another poem as we reflect on the top stories of 2020. Every, every Night and Every Day by William Blake. Every night and every morn, some to misery are born. Every morn and every night, some are born to sweet delight. Joy and woe are woven fine, clothing for the soul divine. Under every grief and pine runs a joy with silk entwined. It is right it should be so. We were made for joy and woe. And when this we rightly know, safely through the world we go. Thank you, Corrine. I'm talking a lot. I feel like in the past, we would have been passing a microphone around, so we would hear many voices here. Um, so I'm hoping my voice is still coming across well. So now we shift to the top creative or arts stories of the year. The novels, the movies, the theater that people were able to see. Um, and just to reflect a bit on the year, um, this is what I pulled from doing a little bit of research. Uh, the Scotiabank Giller Prize winner for 2020 was Suvankham Thamagvangongsa, a book called How to Pronounce Knife. And the Writers Trust of Canada 2020 Fiction Prize went to uh, Jill Adamson for Ridge Runner. 
I don't know how many people remembered the Academy Awards of 2020. That was back in January or February, uh, pre-COVID. The best picture for 2020 was Ford versus Ferrari. And the best director was Martin Scorsese for The Irishman. The Golden Globe Awards were also held early in the year. Best motion picture drama was the movie 1917. And the best motion picture musical or comedy was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And in theater, the Tony Awards, which are held every year, uh, still haven't been held, postponed due to the global shutdown of theater. For members of UCE, these are your choices for top creative art stories of the year. And so a number of people submitted novels, um, some film. So I'm just gonna cite some of these recommendations for reading for as you start a new year. Uh, one member recommended or had read Jacqueline Winspear's Maisie Dobbs novel book series. Hilary Mantel, The Mirror and the Light was from another member. Diana Gabaldon's Outlander novel book series. Madeline Tien's Do Not Say We Have Nothing. Marie Benedict's Lady Clementine. Another novel, Studs Terkel, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? Annie Proulx, Barkskins. And then other parts of the arts, um, when one or more members commented about the summer garden concerts by Opera Nuova was a highlight. Catalyst Theatre's The Invisible and Agents of Ungentlemanly Warfare was noted. Netflix, I think, was big for a lot of us. And a couple of people noted one series called Borgen. And another one called, talked about The Queen's Gambit. Another member talked about Jim Carrey playing Joe Biden on Saturday Night Live as a highlight of the year. Another member commented on the online streaming of live music shows. So from the Yardbird Suite, the National Arts Center in Ottawa, the Edmonton Symphony Orchestra also had some online streaming live music shows. Someone else talked about the Soul Song Choir on Zoom as being a highlight for their year. The CBC radio program, The Cost of Living was for another member. Theater Sydney in Nova Scotia, Billy Bishop Goes to War. And a Winspear course, History of the Symphony, was a highlight for someone else. So again, I encourage you to, during the chat or using the chat function, um, use that as a tool to share with everyone what you've noted for the year um, and in your breakout rooms later. So this is the literary uh, quote I discovered in a novel by Marian Kamali called The Stationery Shop. He makes it a priority to carry books in his shop as much as stationery. Titles from all over the world, spines with lettering that beckon, words of the old greats and the new, tomes of knowledge and risk. This shop, this haven has saved him. And now I'll once again turn to our readers and ask Brandy to read this meditation for the top creative art stories of 2020. This poem is called Mother of All by Alexander Pope and Michael Young. Mother of all in every age, in every clime adored, by saint, by poet, and by sage, your praises high have soared. 
goddess of nurture and of love, all nature sings your care. In life's extravagance, you prove the gift of giving fair. O spirit of unfolding grace and deepest mystery, teach us compassion's gentle face, wisdom's mastery. Teach us to cherish this proud earth, its fragile beauty praise. And for the dreams your joy gives birth, a hopeful future raise. Thank you, Brandy. So now we'll shift to our final category. And this is the personal stories of our year. So with this in the past, we would have allowed people to light candles, come forward and speak to their top personal stories of the year. Uh, we can't quite do that, but I will read off the a dozen or so that were submitted through the little survey tool. And again, feel free to share your top stories, personal stories, um, through the chat function. So one member commented on, on how a trip to England was canceled due, the, due to the pandemic. A highlight for another was that they led a number of services at UCE. I think this was another one who said that they had co-chaired the transition services group, and that was a highlight. Another member commented on their numerous walking groups who've been their social life under COVID. Another, uh, my nephew lost his job and hasn't found a new one. Another commented on the personal diagnosis of macular degeneration. Another, her 80th birthday. I think we all know who that is. Happy birthday again, Audrey. Retirement from the UCE chaplaincy. Again, we know who that is. Another member finished six years on the UCE board. Um, congratulations. Another wrote a story. Yet another commented on their many walking groups. Another on their garden. Another member helped a family by paying for her grandniece, my grandniece's university tuition, is what they said. And another, after living alone, a family of four moved in with me in my Edmonton condo for nine months, and it was wonderful. So again, a snapshot of what some of our members highlights for their personal life this year. And it's too bad we can't hear their voices um, and hear more, because I'm sure there's 30, 40 of you here today, so we should be hearing more. But just to reflect on all our personal stories for 2020, this quote from Nazanin Hozar's novel, Arya. It's a novel set in Iran. I used to sing arias. Know what they are? Little tales, cries in the night, if you sing an aria, the world will know all about you. It will know your dreams and secrets, your pains and your loves. And now I'd like to ask Corrine uh, Jackson once again to do a, a reading as we meditate on the top personal stories of 2020.
Corrine, you might be muted if you're talking already. Corrine, can you share the reading for that top personal story? I can see you. Corrine, you're muted again. can't seem to hear you, Corrine, so I'm just going to read it. I know it was one of your favorites. So this is from G.K. Chesterton. It's actually number five in our, hymn, in our gray hymn book. But this is what he says. And this is a meditation for our top personal stories. It is something to have wept as we have wept and something to have done as we have done. It is something to have watched when all have slept and seen the stars which never see the sun. Lo, and blessed are our ears, for they have heard. Yea, blessed are our eyes, for they have seen. Let the thunder break on human, beast, and bird, and lightning. It is something to have been. So now I'd like to kind of wrap up all this collection of stories and do a reflection on all of them um, together. And I'm just going to flip to this section. So as you reflect on all these stories, um, think about the interplay of all these stories and how the collection of all of them help provide meaning for our lives in 2020. Hold these top new stories, creative stories, personal stories in our hearts. Meditate on the intersection of their respective dramas and narratives. Reflect on how together all these stories combine to provide meaning for our lives in 2020. And then just a few excerpts from some wise people in our world starting with Queen Elizabeth II. This was her New Year's message. We should take comfort that while we may have more still to endure, better days will return. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. We will meet again. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said this in his message. This year has been challenging for many of us. We have experienced a global pandemic that has threatened our health, our economy, and our very way of life. We have seen acts of senseless violence that have devastating impacts on our communities. And we've heard heartbreaking stories and calls for justice from racialized Canadians and indigenous peoples, demanding that we act now to address racism, discrimination, and injustices in our country. And then some final words again from Governor General Julie Payette. We are not yet out of the woods. 
And now more than ever, we, we must stay vigilant, continue to look out for each other and remain patient. Thanks to science and the arrival of vaccines, there is now a light shining at the end of the tunnel. Soon we will meet again. Take care of yourself and of your family. Have a thought for those who are isolated. Lend a virtual hand when and where you can. And keep a light on at home and in your heart as we wait for better days to return. Thomas Moore, in a book called The Reenchantment of Everyday Life, says this about all the stories of our lives. He says, the mystery evoked by a story is its heart and value. And our reflections on our stories, as well as the way we tell them, read them, and perform them, should be consonant with their mystery. Stories enchant not by allowing us an escape from the human condition, but by taking us to a place of meeting where our personal lives and all that is beyond them meet. I'm gonna ask that we do a brief time of silence now as we reflect on 2020, and then we'll have the music of Old Lang Syne to see us out. The song, at least the way it's performed, is starts as a lament, um, but then it ends as a raucous celebration, I think as all our New Year's Eve parties tend to, to, to start and end. And so we'll have a brief moment of silence now to reflect our stories and close with Old Lang Syne. John. Yeah. Um, I I couldn't unmute oh, in, for a, the poem. And then I I went, my computer seized up and I in it I think the battery's low. Um anyway. Oh, okay. Okay, well I I got it by I, yeah. I, I I had it handy. So yeah. So I don't know if Karen, if we can play old Lang Syne or whether that's part of the echo problem we had earlier. And we just have to imagine it. Imagine it. We can all sing, sing together, together. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old Lang Syne? For old 
So there we are. Uh, we've ended our year uh, extinguishing the chalice with these words um, by Canadian novelist Rohinton Mystery. The sun sank in the ocean, its journey done for the day, and all things that mattered in life were touched by this sweet, sad joy. So Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you for hanging in there. Um, and I think we will have a better 2021.